Thank you for pulling into the Hope Station. I am your host, Diane Bells. The Hope Station is a place to hear amazing interviews, great transformational stories, and learn about the power of faith and hope to change your life. A podcast that proves living purposefully is possible. Are you ready for your own transformational story? Do you want to turn a new chapter in your life or career? There's hope. Schedule a free consult call with me to stop feeling hopeless and gain the hope you need to have the life you deserve. Information of how to schedule that appointment is in the show notes. You can also connect with me through my website, Diane Bells, uh, D-I-A-N-E-B-E-L-Z.com. Are you ready for another great interview? Hello and welcome to the Hope Station Podcast. I am your host, Diane Bells, and today my guest is Samantha Cordero. She is a business owner and mother of two who wants to share with her with us her journey of embracing motherhood and being an entrepreneur and trying to balance both of those and find love in both of those roles. So Samantha, just tell us a little bit about who you are, how this sort of intersection of mother and entrepreneur got started and what is some of the challenges that you had and how you've sort of come forward with it, that you can give hope to other young moms who are entrepreneurs. Seems to be like that's a, that's what most moms are choosing nowadays. And I, I don't Yeah. Uh, well hello. Thank you so much for for having me here today. Um yeah, it's been an interesting journey over the past few years. So my oldest son is now uh, about three and a half. So uh, my motherhood journey started for me December of 2019. My oldest, Walter, was born. Um, so a few months later, right, everything started to shut down. It was a little bit of a cliche story of I'm ready to go back to work. My maternity leave is done and nobody's working, <laughs> right? Um, COVID kind of really changed a lot of things, right? Um, so I was blessed enough to be able to stay at home for a little bit with my with my first kiddo. Um, and I was really struggling with that. I have so much respect for stay-at-home moms because that was not something that came naturally to me in any which way, um, especially when you have social media right in front of you with all these other moms that are taking pictures and videos of how great they are in motherhood and how much fun they're having with their kids. I'm like, wow, that is not me. <laughs> um, so that it that really hit hard for a long time. Um, and it was a little bit of guilt of like, well, I'm looking up on Pinterest what I should be doing, or I'm using um the milestone checklist from my pediatrician on like these are the activities I'm supposed to be doing. Um I remember also my so we I think a lot of moms know about Love Every, which is a Montessori toy box, um, which was really awesome. Um, so we we got that for our kid. And in the little pamphlet of the toys that it gives you, it tells you, you know, the intention of that toy, how like what the, the child is supposed to learn with this toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband saw me reading it once and he was like, oh, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it teaches you how to play. It tells you how to play. And he made the joke of, you need that. You need to be told how to play. And I started laughing and crying all in one. because I was like, yes, I do need this. Like, thank God someone put this in writing for me to read because I needed that. 
being a mom to a baby was not, it didn't just click for me. Right. I loved right. my child. Yeah. I loved my child. I didn't regret becoming a mom, but I, and I knew what I was doing in the sense of, I knew how to take care of my child, but I didn't know how to really engage with him. Um, and I needed help with that. So that was its that was its own. <laughs> I, I see you chuckling a little bit. And <laughs> well, I wait. Well, there's just a couple, you know. I would say intersections that I felt the same way. Like I knew that I could take care of my daughter, but it was just that idea of how to play with a baby. I was never attracted to babies as at any age of my life, and. If they didn't talk to me, I didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> Just tell me what you want, kid, and I'll give it to you. And that natural act of playing, when I could see, you know, my uh, older sister, she loved playing. She's still playing with her grandkids. I don't have that that playfulness. So I understand. I, I think that we're not alone, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> Other moms, like <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also like, you know, babies can do the same thing over and over, right? Hide the toy under the blanket, lift the blanket up, hide it and lift. Right. And I was just like, I could do this about three times and then I'm going to check out of this process. <laughs> um, so <laughs> not fun anymore for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is not, we need to do something else. Let's move on. Um, so I struggled with that. Um, and then I also was not, I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. I didn't feel like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. So then I started questioning, well, was my pregnancy and was this child in God's timing or was this not in God's timing? Um, was I supposed to be doing something else? And I so I started getting ideas for a business um, and I was able to, to start my business, but then you know, it was also the pandemic, not, not everything was going smoothly. And I had to balance taking care of an infant that needed a lot of my attention and trying to figure out how to start a business. Um, and if I wanted help with my kid, then I needed to make sure that my business could fund a nanny for, a, you know, even part-time for certain days of the week. And a lot of that just built up in, in a lot of shame and guilt and greed. And I I felt really bad about my ambitions. I felt bad about having an interest in my business or having an interest in a career, having an interest in anything that really took away from, from my baby. Right. And I, I know I had every right to be my own person, that motherhood was not my own identity, was not my in only identity, but it was still a really big struggle. And also, you know, we talk about postpartum depression um, and for me, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had that. Cause I was like, I don't want to cause harm to myself or my baby. So if right. I don't want to cause harm to anyone, then obviously I don't have this postpartum depression, but it, it built up in postpartum anxiety and, and all these other ways that I just didn't recognize it. Um, and I just got to this place of, of darkness. And for me, I didn't recognize that it was hopelessness because it just felt lonely. And it, I was like, I know that things can get better. I know that eventually I will see a light at the end of the tunnel, even if I don't see it now. So I didn't, I didn't exactly feel hopeless, but I felt very lonely. I felt very disconnected from those around me. Um, I felt guilty about things that I should be positive about, right? Those ambitions that I had, the creativity or strategy that I had in my business. 
Uh, and I also felt like no matter how much I loved my kid, it wasn't enough. It wasn't, I wasn't loving him in the right ways. So. Well, that's all that comparison. It sounds like too, that social media can connect us, but also disconnect us from reality. Because my yeah. guess is if you saw those <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis, things wouldn't look so, so beautiful, so perfect. So they've got it all together and I don't. And that's where I think it can be really difficult. And the other part that you said, if you're, I don't know, I enjoy adulting more than I enjoy kidding. Um, just even as a kid, I think I enjoyed adults more than I enjoyed kids. Yeah. That it can be very difficult to feel like you're shut off. So it sounds like you had a career outside of the home before. Mm -hmm. Then you had this baby with the expectation that you would go back to work. And then COVID shut that door. So you're like, oh, my gosh, now I'm feeling very isolated. I don't have that adult connection. So you can see it was like this. I don't want to call it a perfect storm because it was an imperfect storm of some sort that really mm -hmm. left you feeling unbalanced. Yeah. That, that grief, that all of that, I, I can understand that. So what did you do, Samantha, to get you past all of that? Yeah, I, um, was very blessed to have a husband that had a community in, in Denver, right? So I had moved to, from Florida to Colorado, um, and I had met my now husband shortly thereafter, and I hadn't really built up my community all that well before things shut down. Um, so I kind of latched on to, to his friend group. Um, but there are these there are these girls in that friend group, um, Catherine and Elizabeth, who were sisters and just absolutely amazing, and they invited me to a Bible study. Um and so I joined this Bible study and I'm the only mom in the Bible study. So the book that they chose, I, to me, felt a little bit more geared to the fact that a lot of the girls in the group were single. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm just going to engage in this because um, this is obviously what the other girls in the group need. But a lot of this isn't maybe resonating with me, but hopefully something will shine and something will click here. So I went through the study um, nothing was clicking, nothing was clicking. And then we did an in-person retreat. Um, so this was, you know, a few months into, into the pandemic. So we had our protocols down of getting tested before you go to the retreat, all those things. Um, we go to this, um, it's at one of the ladies um, kind of ranch, which is outside of the city, got to be secluded for a weekend. Um, it was the first time I was away from my kid. I got to be with these girlfriends and it was run by one of their moms who it was all about, you know, how do you pray and how do you build this relationship with God? And I was like, this is what I needed. I, I, especially um, growing up Catholic for me, prayer was a very structured thing. Um, it was, it, it, it never really had that intimacy for me. Um, and so, you know, didn't know how to, I didn't know how to play and I didn't know how to pray. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I I went to this I went to this retreat and she broke it down into these beautiful stances of you you know you worship and then you thank him for all the things that you are need to be grateful for and you can confess and forgive and you ask him that you you want to love him more but you want to love yourself more and then you want that to be this generating love that overflows to other people 
Um, and I was like, that's, you know, that's what's missing for a lot of moms is everyone is comes first. Um, and that's just your baby has to come first sometimes, right? Like if you don't put them first, right. they will demand to be first. They will find a way to be the first <laughs> priority, right? Uh, they are persistent in that way. Um, so but then I was like, okay, I take a step back. We're going to start. I was like, I don't know how to love myself right now. I'm going to just ask God, can you help me love you? Can you help me see where you are in my life? Because I know that it's a sin to not be grateful for the things and to, you know, be in denial about your work here, but I cannot see it. Right. Um, and I just like, I need to, I'm not going to feel bad about that. I'm just going to ask him for help so that I can see him. Um, and then I'm going to, once I see him, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for help to love him. And once I get there, I can say, help me love myself and help me love others and help me feel good about the things that I'm doing. Help me know that I'm on the right path, right? All mm -hmm. those things, but I had to approach it very step by step right? You take one step in the tunnel. Eventually I will see the light. Um, and that was really, really uh, a big change for me, a really big transformation in my faith. Because from then on, I started saying, okay, I'm going to be in this communication with God. Um, it's going to be a two-way street where I'm not just expecting him to show up. I'm not just expecting him to come save me, but I know that he can save me, but I will also put the work in for this. Um, and from then on, I started feeling, I, I just started feeling slightly lighter. It wasn't this immediate, really big relief, but it was just right. kind of day by day. Um, I don't know if that's how things, I know, you know, sometimes we hear stories where everything changes overnight for this person in their faith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some can, but most stories are like yours. It's a, a, like almost like a, a gentle invitation that someone gave you into a community and then that invitation was like well let's open up and understand what this relationship could be because it feels very odd to have a relationship with someone that you cannot see feel and touch you mm -hmm. know that you it's not sometimes you can hear audible you feel like god's really speaking to you. there's different ways that we all respond and it can be a difficult to rely and trust and love someone who where are they? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I, 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 I get that. And then when you look at all the invitations, because there's always that he's calling us close. And most of us, especially if we're strong and independent and like to do things our way, <laughs> tend to say, I've got it. I've got it, God. I don't, I don't need you right now. I know you're there, but it's not like, I don't, I don't need you, you mm -hmm. know? And then all of a sudden we hit this spot of saying, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm feeling all these different feelings that I don't know how to process and deal with. It's, it gives that opening that then mm -hmm. he, he, you know, you're, you're inviting him in. Okay. I can't do this by itself. Sorry. I was wrong. Yeah. Can you help me now. And it's like that, that just that, invitation and then just that release of saying I, I can't do it all my own and that that mm -hmm. invitation of just every day the daily invitation come on in yeah yeah and thank you i needed this today for you to tell me this Samantha. <laughs> so thank you something that you said of like oh, oh i need you but you know uh, those things and oh, something that clicked for me during that retreat as well was they said not every time you talk to god it shouldn't always be a 911 prayer Right. 
It can't always be like, you can't only talk to him when you need major rescuing. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this should be a daily thing, right? Which sounds silly. That sounds like common sense. But especially when you're in the trenches as a mom, you just forget between the dishes and feeding and diapers and bath time and trying to take care of yourself, right? You just, it's sometimes you just forget. Um, and that was a big thing for me of like, oh, okay, I need to be talking to him every day. Right. And as you said in the beginning, I think you were going over, it's called like the acts, it's the adoration, contrition, uh, thanksgiving and supplication. You know, what, what do you want? And if we forget that um, he's not there to, he's not the genie in the bottle. Mm-hmm. And too often we feel like it's expecting if we, we have this right process or we do these things the right way, then like we're going to unlock his grace and goodness and it's just going to pour down and everything's going to be perfect. I think that's more of a Disney movie. <laughs> a real, yeah. real relationship wish, with God. We all wish we could be a Disney princess for a day or have a little fairy tale <laughs> in our life. Um, that's not that, how he works, that, that, right? <laughs> well, I think because when they're, they're, they're trying to sell movies and dolls and such, that's their MO. And God's really trying to help us become all that he's created us to be. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's stripping away all that we created for us to be. And, and having mm-hmm. that relationship says, okay, I'm vulnerable now. I'm willing to listen. Maybe there's a different way. This is always really, really hard. Is there a different way? Yeah, he tends to not make it easy for us, right? But I I think that's also a comment on we also tend to make things harder for ourselves sometimes. Um, And we need to just, I think we just forget to just be, to simply be, right? To just be who we are, be with him, be present. Um, There's a simplicity that we forget about in our day-to-day lives sometimes. And God is like, all right, (laughs) let's make things difficult if you want to make things difficult, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think when you when I'm hearing you say that you think of the, the relationship with the, that you have with your young child sometimes we feel like we have to do more than just be with them you know that we have to play this game of hide the toy under the blanket where it might be just being there being next to them being present with them listening to them when they, when they need us and I at times still feel like I have to be a doing mom a doing grandmother and not a being. And uh, when I went up to visit my granddaughters, they're saying, all we want you to do is just be with us. Like you don't have to take us somewhere or buy something. I think the younger ones still like buy me stuff. Uh, they, they just want me to just sit with them, rub their back, watch some TV or just be with them. And I think we are such in a, maybe that Pinterest environment that it's doing, doing, doing. And it's not being. And when I look back, uh, I wrote on my my Facebook post about my two moms, my my mother and my mother-in-law. And my mother-in-law was really into that being. She could really, she would just sit and have tea and chat with you for hours. And my mother was a doing mom and just trying to get her to be a being mom, just sit with me. And as I got older, I would have these special times with her on Fridays where I I wasn't working at the time, you know, my, my kids were at school, I was, you know, in college, and just knowing I had that, that being time with her was really precious. 
So maybe it's the same exact thing. It just doesn't feel like we're doing anything. We're just saying, I'm just here in your presence. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I it makes me think of, so my youngest is now one. And I think about, well, he's like my, just my chubby, happy kid, right? So my oldest is my Superman, Spider-Man, go, 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 climb on everything. And my youngest is just, happy and curious. Uh, but when I see him smile, the biggest is when his dad or I decide to, instead of sitting on the couch, to just sit on the floor with them. And it's like, I have not brought any toys with me. I have not brought an activity in mind. I have literally just sat on the floor near him and he gets so excited. He crawls over to us. He gets really happy. And then he goes and does his own thing. Right. But then he gets, he gets sad if we leave. Um, and yeah, it's just that being with them, no, for them knowing that we're there for them. Um, and I think that also the the connections that we, or the things that start to click for us as mothers with our children. Um, for me, I realized that I could not understand a relationship with God without that. I needed to mm -hmm. become a parent for me to understand how God was there for me, <laughs> which is like, I... And it it was the biggest probably epiphany for me ever. I remember like when my my first was really little and he's crying for food and I'm making the bottle. And I'm like, if you could just, if you could realize that I am making your food and it is coming, if you could just trust that it will be there for you, it's coming. You don't have to start freaking out. And then right. I was like, oh, like... <laughs> God is going to provide and I don't need to freak out about all these things that I cannot control. Like he knows what I need, even if I'm not screaming. I mean, yes, I can scream to him if I need to, <laughs> if I need to express myself like that, I can, but also he knows what I need and he's going to provide that. That was so transformational in my faith. I just, I couldn't comprehend a relationship with God with that, him being the father and us being the child without becoming a mother first. Well, I love how you just put that all together. It makes so much sense, right? He promises to give us our daily bread and we want our, our like retirement bread. I want to see it all. So, you know, I want to see my everything to the end, we want to see more than just today. And when you look at children, they're not looking past that basic need that they have. They're, they're not, well, mom, are you saving for college right now? Mom, I, you know, what sports team should I be playing on? They're not thinking that. They're right there in the present. So it really is a very good depiction of that relationship because Jesus said, you know, be like little children, have faith like little children. My guess is right now your 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 sons are saying, I, I think she's got this. I, th I think she's going to get my diaper. You, there's probably less of that crying that's so anxious and demanding and more of like, I'm, I'm not liking this right now. I know you're busy. I just wanted to let you know that I have poop <laughs> in my diaper. <laughs> Yeah. little little different and that's the same with our faith right we're feeling like okay i can i can release the reins and know that god has got it yes that's a beautiful story though i love how you just shaped it all together so how are you balancing it now samantha you know you're still a mom you're still mm -hmm. trying to build your business what are some things that you're doing to so that you can give yourself the love you need 
give God the love he needs. You have your husband, you have your son, you have your clients or customers. You're like, oh my gosh, how are you keeping it all in check? Yeah, a, a few different strategies. One, when it comes to my business, I um, am very clear on where my boundaries are. And I think sometimes like work-life balance, sometimes it's more of a blend, right? Like it's not always right. either or, it can blend, but for the most part, I try to be very definitive of like, this is when I am not working. <laughs> this is Like if even if a client emails me and I'm like, it's towards the end of the day, I'm still in the office. If I know I can't answer it, or complete that task before I need to, I need to end my day. Like it's just not going to get answered. Even if it's Friday, it will wait till Monday. I even use like the focus settings on my iPhone so that I only get notifications from family on the evenings and on the weekends. Um, and that is, that, yeah. Um, and I just, I've worked a lot at, at I'm going to be present with my kids or with my family, you know, when I'm not working. Um, and I also, I found a way that, Prayer works for me every day, right? Like I, one of um, my spiritual mentors, she can spend an hour with God every day. And I'm like, that's awesome for you. Um, I cannot sit down for an hour <laughs> to do that. It's more of like an hour broken up, right? So maybe I can't sit down with my Bible and read scripture every day, but I can read my devotional every day. I know that I can listen to music when I want to at home, but in the car, I'm going to listen to K-Love and that's going to reset me. Even when I go to pick up my kids just that 10 minutes of, of some Christian music on the way to my nannies like that helps me unplug and helps me refocus on my kids and also gives me a chance to be grateful for whatever has happened that day or to, you know, maybe scream a little at God, like, okay, why did this happen today? (laughs) Hopefully I can focus on the evening and on dinner and be happy, but God, this wasn't that cool, (laughs) you know? Um, Right. I also, I, I also just try to see him more in my, in my daily life. It's not the simple things. If there's traffic, that just means he doesn't want me on a certain place on the road at a certain time. Right. <laughs> so I just try to slow down a little bit and practice just being right. Um, and that has helped a lot. Well, it, I love what you're saying too, is that you're setting up boundaries because it's so hard for us to do that phone and that computer constantly binging like my my sister calling me in the middle (laughs) recording (laughs) it's like how many different distractions can you get at one time and just saying i i can't do it the way everyone else is doing it let me find a rhythm that works for me you know with Mm -hmm. your children with your business with your family with god and it's Samantha's way of doing it. And that should almost erase some of these Pinterest pictures from your mind. <laughs> this is Samantha's way to do it. And it's perfect for right now. Yeah. Yes. And take the pressure I mean, off. I still use Pinterest every now and again. when I'm like, okay, I got to think of <laughs> some kind of activity. What are the Pinterest moms doing? But it's with a lot less pressure. It's not with a, why didn't I think of that? It's more of like, a, oh, how cool that they thought of that. I'm going to do that too. Um, and it also helps to put things in, in perspective, right? Even if setting boundaries means that my business grows a little slower, it's, it's growing in God's time right? How he wants me to grow this and how he wants me to prioritize other things in my life. 
And there's just so much more confidence and peace with, with it all now. And that has to be a blessing in itself. You know, when you can have confidence and peace, <laughs> what more do you need? <laughs> like it's just this perfect combination. So what about your business? What are you doing? How are you? Why did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I decided I want to be an entrepreneur, one, because I, I was going a little stir crazy at home, right? Wanted to do something, wasn't finding those opportunities. But also when I think back at the job that I had before, I wanted to put myself in a position where I could actually enact change. So it wasn't so much about, I didn't want someone else to be my boss. Totally fine if I have a boss, but I didn't feel mm -hmm. as though I was in positions before that I was empowered to make decisions and to make change that I thought would be beneficial for others. So um, in our business now, we provide administrative and operations support to small businesses. So we'll, we have a team of virtual assistants that will be remote office managers for small businesses or the solopreneur that just, they don't need a full-time employee, but they need someone to help them, right? Um, and on the operations side, we'll help to streamline processes, automate systems and different things. And we've discovered that a lot of small business owners are great visionaries and they have these great areas of passion, but they don't always excel at running their business. And that brings us a lot of joy where we can step in behind the scenes to make our clients look really good. And while we run and organize all the chaos that they have going on. <laughs> well, it sounds like you, you know, sounds and I can see you. So your face is saying you really enjoy this. Why did you decide to step into that space? Well, my background was in um, supporting executive teams, project coordination, office management. So it was something that I was familiar with. It also was something that I felt small businesses really needed. Again, when we look back at, or when I look at, you know, their, their visionary all their aspirations and all their ambitions. Um, and I also look at who did I want to be connected with? I want to be connected with people that didn't make me feel bad about being ambitious, um, that made me feel inspired. And so I get to help my clients, but I also get to feed a little bit off of their success by just being inspired by them and learning from them. Um, and it, it really gives me ideas for what to do next and, you know, what the next year or next phase in my business might be. And I also think that it feeds a little bit into, into how I'm, how I am as a mom and how I show up as, as a wife. Right. And I get to be in a, in roles where I am supporting, but I am supporting in a way that makes me feel good. Okay. Cause sometimes we feel we don't want to be in that supporting role where, it can give us a lot of joy knowing that because I would um, tease my former boss. He was the CEO. I was an executive as well. He said, I'm just your highly paid executive assistant. And he would say, no, you're not. I said, well, yeah, because you're trusting me to do things that, and, and I'm okay with that. I want you to look good. That's what all mm -hmm. of us should be doing with our boss. Make them look good and, and help them. And I was, I enjoyed that aspect of it. We would talk about the yin and the yang. He would want me to write. And then he was the editor. He would find that missing comma. And, you know, he would give me back the paper with red ink on it, <laughs> the changes. <laughs> and then I would have my, my administrative assistant or his administrative assistant. Well, according to how um, private it was, I will just say how confidential it was, you know, make the changes. And I 
I like supporting people who were smart and were doing good work, that it's okay to be in that role. And at times we can feel like, well, I want the starring role. Well, you can be the star at any given time, right? But part of our being a star is, is lifting others up. So even today when I am podcasting, right? Who's the star of the show? You or me? You. <laughs> so I'm just supporting your story and getting your story out there. And that that feels right. I don't have to, to be the star all the time. And it's just when we can realize that we can get as much joy doing these things that at one time we might have felt would have been less than, or if I'm going to be a business, because you're still the CEO, you're still the business of your company. But then that look of joy that you had and saying, yeah, I want to be around really smart people. How do I do this? And then support <laughs> them. And it, then it becomes this really good synergy relationship. You're supporting their success. And by them having you on board, they're supporting your success. So it's that that balance again. Or is it a blend? I don't know. You like the word blend. <laughs> a little bit of both there. <laughs> that is awesome. So how are your kids doing now? It sounds like they're not in your home anymore or they're I don't know how the, the working relationships are. Yeah, we have set up um, or part time with a nanny share. Um, so I get they are oh out of the house for three days a week. Um, I get to focus for those three days and then two days a week plus the weekends. They're home with me, which sometimes, you know, they'll go a fourth or fifth day, depending on how busy I might be with our my team or with our clients. But for the most part, that's the rhythm that we've settled into. Um, they are three and one and they absolutely they my oldest loves being a big brother, um, and I've caught him praying with my little kid, my, my little <laughs> one before. I like this. It's just those moments of like, okay, I've done something right here. Well, that, um, that, that are precious moments, precious yes. moments. Yeah. So we are, we're doing well as a family. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I really do love your story because I think that there's so many of us that get so busy, we feel like we've got it, we're in control. And then you realize that there's someone who really has got us <laughs> and he's in control. And if we can just let it go, oh, I needed to hear this today, Samantha. So thank you. Thank you. Well, thank so, you so uh, much. <laughs> well, I'll put information in the show notes. If you are someone who needs some support, uh, reach out to Amanda, uh, Samantha. I'm sorry. I don't know why I wanted to call you Amanda. Samantha. <laughs> And we'll, we'll share all that in her show notes. Any last words for moms or entrepreneurs that you want to, any advice, any wisdom? You know, <laughs> it's just, you, you gotta have hope and you have to know he's there for you. Even, even if you don't always feel him, he's there. Uh, if I could actually, if I could squeeze in one more story, if that's okay. okay go right ahead. I, sometimes it will feel like when you are going to meet someone at a coffee shop and you think that they're late and you're texting them, like, where are you? And then you look up and he's there and he's like, I've been here the whole time. I just needed you to look up. <laughs> and that's how it's going to feel sometimes. Uh, but he's there for you. He's giving you coffee. He's giving you what you need and you're going to get through it. I am just so glad that you met these ladies that spoke into your life and gave you something that 
there it was there was a void it was missing and how it filled you up to really you know speak into your children be a good wife and mom and then be able to to do this business as well and how would it have felt if it didn't have happened it if it didn't happen just go back to that pre Samantha always relying on herself and just what what are some of the differences that you're seeing now that you have this firmly established faith? Yeah. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> that, I mean, that was a really angry Samantha. That was, a, I, you know, was, I was jealous and envy of, a, of, you know, I would see a mom on the street and I'm like, you know, I don't even care if she had a, a rough day. She looks like she's happy right now. And that's not fair. <laughs> um, or I would be resentful to my husband. If he had a good day at work, um, I would be resentful to my friends that didn't have kids because they got to go out and go do things and explore and do things that I just wasn't able to, cause I got kids at home. Um, and I honestly, I don't think that I would have had success in my business because I think I would have just been consumed by all that negativity. Um, and I don't think that I would have the community, the community that I have. I think I would still have my husband cause he loves me and he's faith-based and he's like, we're in a marriage and this is between <laughs> you, me and God I'm not giving up. So I think I'd still have him. <laughs> Um, but also like my children wouldn't be as happy. Right. Um, and I, I wouldn't have my business. I wouldn't have that community. And so I think my life would look very different, even though it's only been a few short years, but it would, I think it would look really different. Well, I am glad you met God and I'm glad that I met you. So thank you very much. for <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for pulling into the hope station. Wasn't that a great episode? My hope is that this episode brought you hope. Do you want to be a hope giver? I hope so. And how you can do that is to share this podcast, post the episode on social media, write a review or rate the podcast. This helps engagement and boosts the podcast out to other listeners in need of hope. So thank you. Thank you for participating. Thank you for helping. Thank you for being a valued listener. And my hope is that you have a great week.